0: It is the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi. It's also it's a Faith and Family edition of the program. I'm joined by my wife, Carrie. Hi, dear. Hey, Tom. Carrie, it's Thursday night right now, and we're tired. But you know what? The Lord is going to invigorate us. He's going to give us some really cool stuff to talk about. And right in the middle of the program, I have a wonderful interview with Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic. So you're going to hear him in the middle part of our program. And we'll get started in just a minute. And we're going to get started with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, good and gracious God, we thank you, praise you, love you, and adore you for all of the ways that you do. Take care of us. You watch over us. Thank you for the gift of St. Francis of Assisi. And Lord, we pray through his intercession that you'd give us insight and wisdom into how to raise a puppy. (laughs) Lord I just I pray for all pet owners especially dog owners I appreciate now them more than ever and Lord just give us the wisdom to be able to understand how to integrate a dog into our family life we make this prayer in Jesus name amen in the, name amen. Of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen but well, you you were quick to say amen to that one dear
1: I don't even this is one reason I don't like puppies you do realize they why like- we have a puppy <laughs> they take the place of like important things. We're praying for a dog, we're praying about a dog.
0: That's uh, funny, you know, I've actually had people ask me, cause you know, you know, I pray with people, right? Um, on the phone or I pray with people, uh, go to their homes and people had, I actually went over people's homes one time, no, once or twice to pray over their dog. And it, that's how like meaningful, like the, the, the dog is in their family's lives.
1: I just offended a ton of people. I have no, I have no, uh, out here. It's just, we're not, I was never raised with pets and as cute and adorable as this puppy is, I'm just like, so hands off, been there, done that nine times to you real humans. (laughs) I don't know. I think it, you know what it is? I think Thomas, maybe that puppies have been elevated to the level Of humans, or they become the quote unquote children, or you hear, oh, my grandchild, and it's a puppy, it's not really a person. And so in some situations, like when we were at at dinner a few months back, and the husband said he got an invitation for a puppy shower at his work. To bring presents to this couple because they're getting a puppy. It's like, why didn't I think of that? We should have had a puppy shower.
0: <laughs> it's not too late. I could there. have gotten
1: meals made because I'm so distraught with this puppy. I need someone to bring me dinner. Well, hey,
0: there is one benefit that you're saying that you've recognized regarding the difference between having a baby and having a puppy. You, oh, you get definitely. to. Definitely. I'm getting up in the middle of the night, not you. You, you haven't gotten <laughs> Just up once.
1: loving it, and I will not be getting up. I think that's we so We made funny. that really clear. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do see the benefits in my mind. I just haven't opened my heart to this puppy. And I do feel a little jealous because she will come into the room and jump all over you and be so excited to see you. And she gives me like a sniff and a look and then walks on, <laughs> but I haven't really put any in anything. So maybe there's an analogy
0: there of what you put into it, you get out of it. Well, you know, what? part of what's funny in all of this is that we haven't even like said the dog's name out loud. You know, it's, it's funny because uh, that's how, I don't know how much of an animal the, the pet is right now. Our little dog, our little Um, it's a yellow lab. See, it even takes me a minute to figure out what kind of dog it is.
1: Yeah. Um, And I know they had like 20 names in the running, so it took a while. But since we were gone when it snowed to Seattle, I took the girls back for homecoming. Um, you were here with the other three little girls. And so they ended up naming it
0: her, her, Alaska. So uh, you know what's so funny? I, on the feast of the guardian angels, I went to mass and there was a deacon uh, who was giving the homily. And I got so rankled. Um, Is that a word? Rankled? Yeah. It sounds it's like a, it's a word. It sounds like a good I'm word. Getting rankled, you know, I'm when very you're um, disturbed, I- right? When you're thrown <laughs> off, right? You're rankled <laughs> by something. Um, well, I'm I was sure rankled because this this homilist kept referring to angels as it. Your guardian angel, you should pray to it and it will oh. watch over you. And I'm like, You know what you just revealed something to me you have no relationship with your guardian angel it's that i guess that's kind of like us with the idea of a patrons i mean not a patron saint a puppy a puppy puppy referring to a puppy as a dog and, and and having that sense of relationship right having a relationship with the dog and hey it is the feast of saint francis right and they used to bring animals to be blessed right we came from saint francis parish so I'm trying, Carrie. I'm really stretching. You...
1: I don't think St. Francis is all keen on everyone referring to him as the pet saint. He's like, you guys kind of miss the whole purpose of why and what God was to me. Yeah, what to happened me. to lady poverty? And... <laughs> what happened to the Eucharist? It just kind of all got left on the sideline for the, the puppy hippies or something. I'm not sure. That's so funny. But um, no, I think this is the thing about the puppy and a dog is some people I've talked to, Discovered that they needed a dog later on in life for their son or daughter who was in need of a physical, intimate connection with something that would just love them no matter what, that would bring out of them something that they could not bring out as parents. And for us, we knew that there were a couple of kids that really would benefit from that kind of unconditional love. So, really, for me, (laughs) this just takes the heart out of it. It was a strategy to help a couple of our kids and just kind of getting through life and having that relationship with that animal, just be there for them no matter what. And I know that there's going to be huge benefits from all of that. And I know the puppy will find her way into my heart. But just right now, I think I'm so overwhelmed with life (laughs) Tom went out and got a puppy, so it's kind of go. We're talking about this at our therapist sessions, and she's definitely agreeing that Tom made the mistake. So I'm just hands off, letting you
0: take you the full blame. Just to kind of put it out there. She is joking, so we talk about way more important things at our therapist sessions. Yeah. Uh, well, not we're not to, say to that we a don't believe town. in therapy, but we don't, we're not kids. seeing a therapy right now. Let's but us go get a puppy. Well, when people ask, <laughs> how's it going? I just say, I don't even say like, oh, we're really, really busy. I just say um, one word, fire hose. Is that actually one word or two? You know, a funny thing is... firehose fire hose, and you know what? People get it. And they just, they're like, yeah, I, I get it. That's so interesting. I
1: thought it was more of a fire hose with the re- revelation of the whole way in which we were experiencing the culture in Seattle and now I don't consider it a fire hose it's a different kind of revelation where back in Seattle it was more just like fundamental ways of seeing were being shifted and fundamental ways of how I was seeing our future and where we were going to live and our community and our faith when that got rocked and got broken apart that was just like and then just this revelation of what God was about was just so intense. Now I just feel like uh, we are got the backpack on and we're climbing Mount Rainier. <laughs> it's just a steep, steep climb. But it's more of a physical labor. I think the other labor in Seattle was a spiritual, emotional labor that just was harder for me. It was a harder kind of labor.
0: You know, Carrie, you said this, and I don't know if you said it when you came back from homecoming. So you were there back in, uh, back in the Seattle area over the weekend with, with, you know, our older kids. And you said something about the, the difference between, um, the, the pursuit of excellence that had as a principal focus, things that the world values. So whether that was like success in the eyes of the world, sports career, educational goals being paramount being socially adept you know all that sort of uh, cluster of values and goods that sort of make up a certain like thrust that people pursue in life and pursue for their kids versus what we're experiencing more over here which is again a pursuit of excellence but there is a shift in the constellation it's like you're looking at a different set of stars in the sky where the the families have a tendency to be much more concerned about what's their moral character are they working hard well really what's their faith life like and those are the things that matter more in terms of time energy attention focus and with our, you know, and so that I think was, do you remember when you shared that? Uh,
1: yes, yeah, so us sitting in Starbucks on AM bomb and five police cars <laughs> came flying into the parking this lot. This is in Burien. <laughs> Burien. I was trying to decide if how had to go down to the Seattle Center to get our kids or not. Um, yeah, I do remember that because I was going through, it was very emotional to go home and, you know, it's was homecoming, but it, it's hard for us to say that that's not our home. And it's hard for us to say that this is our home. So we're in a very complicated, like emotionally um, fragile, but I don't know. It's just, a. I can't, I feel like I'm in a twilight zone sometimes. Like, what are we doing over here? <laughs> this is so weird. Um, and so in reflecting or being in that emotional state of, I'd just gone to different homes and seen so many other families that we had connected with and seeing our girls get ready for homecoming and all of that. It was just like, wow, this is a huge thing. What is God doing? what am I going through? And just trying to reflect on the emotions and the feelings that I was having. And just also the whole spiritual part of, God, what are you calling us to? I want to do whatever you want us to do. And I want it to be the right thing, even though I don't always
0: understand it. So, so Carrie, the funny thing is, I'm experiencing two principal like emotions on the inside or convictions, I guess. The first conviction is, no matter how overwhelming things are right now, like stuff that isn't just not getting done, right stuff that isn't getting done regarding getting our kids all set in the homeschooling world and my role in that getting things set up around the house and my role in that getting my own self set in terms of my career and all that over here that's not all but I have this first conviction that says no matter what else is happening I must I must that imperative um, go to mass and pray a rosary and not just pray a Rosary but pray a rosary on the internet and and that is like that's the foundation I've got to get that right I've got to get that first and even though all those other things are not getting done the second conviction is I'm failing <laughs> Well, at least you see, realize it too. Well, to and, and by saying I'm failing, I don't just mean oh I'm failing at like not getting done, like oh I'm not making it to mass today or I'm not praying the rosary. No, even on these days and most days, I'm praying the rosary live and I am on uh, and I'm going to mass. But what I mean by failure is, I just see the gap that exists between when we came here what I want for my kids and my role in that. Like, I just think about um, the number of times that you've reminded me <laughs> that I have a part to play. If, guys, are you maybe, noticing how I'm saying this? Maybe take I'm failing. <laughs> guys, take notes. <laughs> the number of times, Carrie, that you gently bring back into my attention the fact that, you know what? I need to play a part in being more like directly engaged in teaching my kids the faith. Um, Directly engaged, because in this homeschooling environment now, I'm the religion teacher. So I need to step in and I need to, well, what am I doing? How am I teaching them the scriptures? How am I teaching them the catechism? How am I teaching them the faith? And it is, I confront that internally, not just when I look at the fact that we're not doing it, and it's like, wow, this is why we're here. I need to play this part. So I share both of those things um, you know, with you, Carrie. I don't even think I've shared them with you. No, you but, haven't. What um, was
1: the first one again?
0: That I, I have to get first things first. <laughs> okay, first things right? first. And first things first is you know, going to mass and praying the rosary. I just have to play my part in helping bring about what God is doing in my life and in the world today, and that's at least the foundation. Um, but I, I share that because I know a lot of folks listening, when they sense that God has a call for their lives like, hold on to those two things. The first is, get first things first, right? Don't lose sight of your first priority, even when you have 25 other priorities happening. And the second is this, you're gonna feel like a failure. You just are gonna feel like a failure because you won't have the time or the energy or the money or the resources or the connect or whatever it is, to do every good thing. So there's a lot of learning to let go. There's just a lot of learning to surrender and to trust.
1: There's a lot of trust, Tom. And I think I've felt like since we've moved here, it's been a real struggle for me to maintain some kind of um, routine or find ha- good habits in the morning and at night. And I I do feel a little bit like I'm on that spinny wheel that the hamster runs on. And I'm just running, 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 <laughs> trying to catch up or trying to get the thing to go somewhere. It's just going in circles. I mean, I do feel like we are climbing a mountain in that it's every week we're getting, we're making altitude um, progress and growing. But I just also feel like that's a long ways up. And I don't know. And I'm just, I guess I'm just confessing that it's been a really hard at month, five weeks, six yeah, weeks.
0: like five weeks.
1: Yeah, I just feel out of sort. Carrie, sorts. you know what you need
0: to do? need to reboot. <laughs> reboot Live is, it's an initiative of Chris and Real Life Catholic. And I interview Chris. I actually interviewed him yesterday live on Facebook. And you're going to hear the audio version of that interview in the next segment of the program. And then Kerry will come back afterwards and we'll continue with the current crew. All right, everybody, I want to welcome you to Facebook Live. I'm here with Chris Stefanik. Chris is with Real Life Catholic, and he's given me some time today. Chris, I'm super excited to have you here. Uh, You're someone who is really literally living your life on the front lines of bringing the gospel to Catholics to help awaken their faith. So, Chris, just as we get started, um, would you lead us in a prayer for the time that we have together? And then I want to hear you share with our wonderful listeners about what you see God doing today in the church to help awaken faith.
2: Yes, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. We love you. You don't only redeem us, but you've allowed us, out of your great love for us, to be part of your plan in the redemption of others. You share with us the joy of sharing you. <laughs> Man, what amazing life that you, are, that you, God, share with us. Uh, we ask you to help us to, to faithfully follow you and to share you with everyone we know. Mary, our mother, pray for us in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, brother.
0: Amen. That's beautiful, Chris. So, Chris, uh, you uh, discerned this whole reality called Reboot, and one of the the specific reasons I'm having you on here is to promote an upcoming Reboot live event. But for folks who are just new to you or to Real Life Catholic, talk a bit about what you're doing and what you see God doing today.
2: Yeah, our whole ministry is really about coming back to basics, focusing on the core message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And how to live that out in your daily life every day, and for all the bad news you hear about the church and all the bad things happening in the world, uh, it, the, the joy is that we still have the solution to every single problem in, in human existence. Every problem in the heart, in the mind, in relationships, in family, uh, the <laughs> you know the problems people run into when they when they have a poverty of joy and of hope. We have it. It's Jesus. I mean. It, it, we just got to be known as the church of the gospel again, man. We have to come back to, to what changed the world 2000 years ago. And not just for the sake of the church and and the world, but for our own sakes. I mean, it's so easy to get sucked into all the, all the darkness out there right now. This is a constant battle for those of us who, who, uh, who are on the front lines or who really care about the church. who are in the heart of the church. It's a constant battle. And Jesus is calling us, you know what? The heart of the church is his heart. And that's, that's what, that's the heart of life. That's what, that's what this is all about. So, Uh, The reboot event, the whole ministry of real life Catholic, it's all about about coming back to that.
0: So, when you bring this, the core of the gospel, when you present Jesus Christ with a sense of vibrancy, witnessing in a radiant way to Christ alive in you, what do you see happening? What happens to Catholics when they discover, as if for the first time, the gospel that's been presented to them their whole lives?
2: It blows my mind. (laughs) It really does. Uh so we we work with outreach teams for about 6 months before I come. So for me the big win happens before I even get there. You know just by virtue of of being invited to church even if people don't come they 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 have that that's the, that's the tip of the spear with the gospel message. It's wow someone invited me to come to to a relationship with Jesus. That's that's my they don't forget that, you know. Um and then and then when I get there at the actual event, we typically it's typically a sold out event wall to wall um and, you know, around half the people who come aren't regular insiders to church events, right? Uh, which is really kind of cool. That's, that's the target audience. I've had pastors tell me up to 70% of the people there are not regular. So they're not coming because they have watched uh, Chris DeFanik's TV show on Amazon. You know, okay, they're, they're, not, they're not fans of Catholic stuff. Um, a lot of them come and aren't sure why they're there. It's like, well, a friend invited me and I want something more for my life. It's some vague sense of... Yeah, we know why they're there, right? Because the human heart is made for God. Um, but but the response, is it really blows me away. And I, I, I guess I, if I had more faith, it wouldn't blow me away, right? Because we should know that the, the response is going to be amazing when you focus on the on the gospel. Human beings are made for the gospel. We're made for the message of the fact that we're created with a purpose, that, that when we wander from that purpose, God loves us anyway, that he died for us, that he rose from the dead, he conquered death. Uh, This is the best news ever. This is the the news that we human beings were made for. Um, So the response is an overwhelming joy. Uh, uh, From people who are disengaged who come, they're surprised to find that which they've always been looking for. Uh, For those who are engaged and are tired, there's an explosive joy, um, smiles, applaud, tears, because, you know, it's almost like a, hey, thanks for giving me permission to be happy about being Catholic again. I've been wanting that permission i've I've been wanting something to be excited about again with this uh, so I mean this is this is the thing to be excited about it's, 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 the, it's the gospel the charisma.
0: I love that so Chris right now there are a whole bunch of people watching us live on Facebook as well as folks listening to this program and there are folks who are like you know what? I need to hear that fresh presentation of the gospel. A lot of folks that will stumble into, just like people might come to, to your reboot events and just like, why am I yeah. doing? What am I yeah. doing? The live reality of Facebook is that people also stumble onto a page. Here's a live stream going on. And right now there are folks who are like, you know, I need to know that Jesus is the living Lord right now in my yeah. sister's life, in my family's life. Please pray for me. Pray for my family. Yeah. There are folks right now crying out like that. And so would you just speak to those people, people who yeah. have just literally by the Spirit of God wandered into this moment live? What is your word for them?
2: Mm. The fact that God is love and loves you personally. And calls you to himself. This is the one reality that makes life beautiful and worth living. And if you don't have that, I'm telling you, you're getting it all wrong. I mean, you might think that your life is a story written by cancer, divorce, an abusive situation that you've lived through. Those are all pages. When you give yourself to Jesus Christ and live the gospel, it's not just about going to church once, once a week. This is about entering the relationship that transforms all of life and, and makes all the difficult circumstances of life All just pages that are part of a bigger story. And what's that story? It's the love story of God. The love story that started before the universe was founded. I mean, he created the universe as a space where you would meet him. You know, it's the love story that when we had wandered from him, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. For the maker of space and time so loved you. Uh, There there is no worldview that remotely compares with this. That you could try. Go ahead. Keep trying. There's nothing else that will give you the hope this gives you, that the big picture of life is about a God who loves you, created you with a purpose and has destined you for eternal glory. And the awesome thing is that, you know, for all the things that come along with that relationship with God, just like within a marriage, there's so much that comes along after you say yes to that person you marry. Uh, Fundamentally, that relationship is very simply about entering a love that you could never have merited, you could never have earned. You say yes to it. And it's a free gift. And, and, and then you live out that, that free gift for the rest of your life. Um, that's, what, that's what the faith's about. Stop complicating it. That's what life is about. That's what makes life beautiful. That's what makes life beautiful in the worst circumstances of your life. It can still be painful. But you, you have a reason for hope, compelling reason for hope. We tell people to believe in themselves, to be optimistic. They can do whatever they want. We've never had more self-loathing, more self-doubt. More people who live life defeated. Why? Because we're telling people that and not giving them the reason anymore. Jesus Christ is the reason. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm talking today with Chris Stefanik, and please, I want you to check out reallifecatholic.com. Reallifecatholic.com. You can also check out Chris Stefanik's page on Facebook. Chris, as you've mentioned it, so this reboot event happening here in Western Washington. This is just one of, of a series that you've been doing now four years and. I, when I was talking with your scheduler, she's like, yeah, we'd love to have him come to your area. It's now 2021 where the next openings are. So God is doing something. So yeah. when you mentioned earlier that folks could be a bit discouraged by what they see, what uh, what would be your sign of hope for them that Jesus Christ is still moving in ways that are, in fact, reinvigorating the church?
2: Yeah, I mean, God is- John Paul II said, God is joy. And, and, the, and the joy we feel is a bit of the joy he, he experienced when he created us. I, I just love that. Uh, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he did say God is joy. You know, I, 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 uh, and he's, Jesus said, I've told you these things. In other words, I've given you this whole body of teaching. So my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Um, the real sign to me of God's presence and blessing on this, uh, which is uh, this movement really of refocusing on the heart of the gospel message and, and the simple living it out every day. Not that we avoid heart issues, we don't. Not that we avoid uh, you know, the things that the world would want to say, like this is, this, this, the, the church is at odds with the world in this regard. So we're not going to shy away from things, right? Um, but really, it, it's got to all be rooted in that message that changed the world 2,000 years ago. And, and when we focus on it, uh, for me, the, the sign of, of, that gives me hope is when I see people's joy in response to this message. You know, and you know, I think of if, if you're in a fight, your skin gets cold. Right. That's your body's response uh, to the fight you're in because your blood's rushing to where you need it to to stay alive. Uh, I think with with the problems in the church right now, the problems in the world right now, we have to rush back to the heart to what we need to keep pumping and to stay alive in the midst of all this. And when we do, there's joy at that heart.
0: So Chris, uh, a lot of folks today have pointed to the Eucharist, to Jesus Christ's presence, the living Lord present as Eucharist in our midst, and in the midst of a time where statistics and surveys are telling us that only about a third of self-identifying practicing Catholics actually believe that Jesus Christ is really and truly present there as Eucharist. How have you seen Reboot events in your own ministry help to awaken or revive um, a, a real sense of expectant faith yeah. that this is Jesus and he's here to meet me as Eucharist and awaits me yeah. in the Eucharist?
2: You know, one of the things I love about being Catholic, and now Reboot is is um, the, the way I deliver the message. It's it's definitely friendly toward your non-Catholic friends. I mean, I've I've got a lot of pastors of, of, of evangelical churches come, of uh, Lutheran churches come just say, man, they just loved it. And their people got so much out of it, you know? Uh, but uh, they're, they're not going to miss this and, and Catholics who come, are not going to be confused about this. Uh, the way I deliver the gospel, the way we Catholics should deliver the gospel, isn't to say that we have this gospel message. And then the church is a little add on, uh, you know, a footnote to it. No, um, you know, he gave his life for us. And where do we receive that? Where do we experience that? In a very real way. I mean, we can in prayer just by accepting Jesus as Savior and Lord. But, you know, our altar call every Sunday is body of Christ, body of Christ, body of Christ. It happens right there at the mass. But I mean, this is my body given up for you. This isn't something that's an add on to the gospel. This is how we plug in directly to the cross. You know, we talk about his forgiveness and we can and should seek forgiveness, you know, if you're listening right now, ask the Lord to forgive you if you got something between you and him. But what an awesome thing to experience him in the sacraments and to hear, I absolve you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I mean, this completes the charisma. The this completes our, our hearing of, receiving of uh, the message of the gospel. So this is the beauty that we experience in the church. Um, so, uh, you know, as a Catholic at all, and I'm sorry, I, I get so excited about these things. Was I answering your question or was I going off the rails a bit?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that, uh, it, it, again, if you look at statistics about Jesus and the yes. Eucharist, it's, like, that's it. that's it's right. really just yeah. discouraging, but yeah. this is really I, the Lord. Go ahead.
2: That's it. That's it. And I, I think that those the, the statistics, they, they may come out of poor catechesis. I think they also come out of poor evangelization. Because if you're catechizing someone, if you're telling them uh, about transubstantiation and about the Eucharist, and they haven't received that, that core message of the gospel, that God loves them, gives his life to them, calls them to communion with himself. Um, then their reception of the Eucharist, and these, it sounds like doctrines that have nothing to do with real life, it, it might be received to them in their hearts as a burdensome ritual. And, you know, I, I'm not sure that it's true that a third of them haven't heard the church's teaching on the Eucharist. I think more often it's people who may hear it and don't care they don't have a context of conversion to plug that truth into. They move on with their lives, and they kind of forget what they heard in CCD class when they were 10. You know, so I I, I think the, uh, the truths of the Catholic faith go along with preaching the gospel, and the preaching of the gospel illuminates uh, and gives sticking power to the truth of the faith. It gives people a life context to plug them into.
0: Well, and for me, I, I just I have d- discovered again and again how many Catholics will experience either their like, awakening of faith, right? They're like, a, like a, let's call it their adult conversion or awakening of right. faith in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. Oh, yeah. In a time of adoration, you know, yeah. or they experience a tremendous healing. Like the Lord is there to heal in adoration. It's right? real. It's It's really, Jesus, it's the living Lord really alive. Like my oldest daughter, when she went to uh, one of the Steubenville conferences, and in in the midst of thousands of young people gathering around the Eucharistic Lord, you know, there in adoration, she was touched deeply. And it just broke her heart open in a way that set her free. And it was just so beautiful. So I when, when I... It's like, why don't we, like, we need to lead with Jesus, like lead with your strength, yeah. right? And, and don't hide and don't, like, dismiss or shunt off into the side. No, let's bring Jesus front and center as oh, you yeah.
2: yeah, I have some dear friends whose marriage was, was on the rocks. They were about to get divorced. And a, a spiritual director told them, you need to sit down in a holy hour together uh, daily. And, and their marriage is totally healed just by sitting together in front of the Lord. I mean, this is Jesus, this is Jesus. He still does stuff for people when we let him, <laughs> you know, when we yeah. seek him, when we sit at his feet.
0: Well, I think we Where's expect it? so little. I just think we expect so little from God. Yeah. It's so sad. And, and, and maybe this would be an ending point. I need to respect your time today. Yeah. I'm talking with Chris Stefanik again. I want you to check out reallifecatholic.com. Reallife Catholic. You'll learn more about Chris and the ministry that he has there. There's so many tremendous resources that they have available on the website. Chris, I want to thank you so much for taking time with me today. And we just pray, again, God's blessings on you thank and you. the important work of Real Life Catholic.
2: Uh, Tom, I just love you and your ministry, and you've been around for a long time. And I respect and honor you, and I'm, I'm, thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely, Chris. All right. Thanks so much. Hey, welcome back to the Current Crew edition of the program. I hope you enjoyed that. Interview with Chris Stefanic, um, and I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it's like I gave Chris the option. Uh, I met Chris like 20 years ago when he was um, working for a di- the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. Believe it or not, and then from there he ended up uh, in Denver. Real life Catholic, he's been there for years now, and uh, you know, doing some just really, really cool work. Well when I was in touch with him, uh, when I heard he was coming and they wanted to you know, promote him at St. Michael's in Olympia, I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll call him up, I'll get him on. And I said, hey, do you wanna do this? Like, how do you wanna do this? Just the radio or do you wanna do just video or do you wanna do this live? He's like, let's go for it. Let's do this live, let's get on Facebook, let's do this. And he's someone who, like just listening to how he shares, you just have a sense of confidence, like he's real right? You know, if you haven't checked out reallifecatholic.com, you should check it out. And if you haven't seen him do his reboot, he really does like foster a sense of the guy's not just a good speaker. He's actually a confident witness or a witness who fosters confidence, confidence in living your faith. And you know, Kerry, what confidence is connected with, with trust, with faith. And that's where we ended up just before we, uh, we cut to the, uh, to the interview with Chris was the challenge of trusting. So here's a funny story. I didn't tell you this, Kerry. Uh, uh, yesterday, um, and it would have been this morning, it was on Thursday, we were having someone clean the carpets of our home in Seattle before we sold it. And the carpet cleaner called me up and he said, so how are you going to pay me? And I said, well, I'll just pay you with a credit card because I'm over here in Spokane. He's like, I don't take credit cards. And I'm like, okay, I'll send you a check. And he says, well, I don't have the check in hand. And I'm like, well, I didn't know I needed to give it to you. I said, I'll just send it to you. And he's like, uh, that's not going to work. And I'm like, what do you mean that's not going to work? <laughs> I'm like, can you just have someone like write a check for you? And I'm like, how do you do business? And I, and I, I put it to him this way. I said, look, I said, you either trust me or you don't. I said, you do realize that I trust you. Like, I got a key put there to let you into my house. I don't even know you. I don't even know what kind of job you're going to do. But I'm going to put a check in the mail, and I'm going to mail it to you. And the guy, like, hand-wringing, and he was just like, "Ah, I just don't do it like that. That's just not how I do it. And I'm like, you do realize if I was trying to rip you off, I could actually be looking you in the eyes, hand you a check and have that check bounce. And then you wouldn't even get paid just because I hand you a check, right? And he was just like, I just, I don't know what to do. I said, look, if you don't feel comfortable, just back away, just, it's just not worth it, (laughs) right? Just relax. You're either gonna trust me and I'm gonna trust you or let's just not do this. And then he's like, all right, okay. And, And it was just like, wow. It was so strong. I heard his wife in the background oh, too, no. which was so funny. Oh, I feel I felt- so
1: bad that you go through life with that level of distrust of people. That would be crippling, paralyzing. And, I, and Tom, the thing that is really striking me as you say this is just the level of trust that is required when you homeschool. Our trust that the Lord has a plan, an amazing plan, a good plan, a holy plan for us because there's so many ways, Tom, in which I can say, this has to get done and that needs to be done. And what about this? And, what? and it goes on and on and on and on and on. And the Lord's like, why worry? Why do you have all this anxiety? Do you not trust me? Do you not see the birds and the trees? Do you not see how I care for them and the flowers in the field? And I'm like, in oh. those moments when that starts going through my mind,
0: I just like, Lord, just set me free,
1: set me free, I, I surrender, I surrender. I think this is just
0: a huge issue in marriage, um, in parenting, right? Because I think we speak to each other about that. Like it's like trust versus control, right? Like you don't have control, you just have to surrender, you just have to trust, put it in God's hands, or put that person in God's hands, or put that situation in God's hands. And how many times, like for instance, when you went back to Uh, the homecoming, right? We have three girls going to the high school dance with their friends, and we're not there, right? You're going to just be over there. And like, what's going to happen? And you just said, Tom, you're just gonna have to trust, right? And, and, and I'm like, I want to have more control. I want to have more. And by control, I mean, I want to be able to monitor or manage or, like, have a sense of where are you going to be check in what time you're going to work, all those details, right? That, that I, and you're like, you know what? That's right. And start. It's all starting to come back so, to me. The emotions of that weekend. It's like and uh, you were saying, so Tom. Much. We're just going to have to trust, right? We're going to have to trust that God's got them, and they're, you know, they're good girls. They're going to know how to do what to live and how to live. And you know what? If they make some mistakes or if something happens, trust that God's going to work with that and and that was your message to me it was you were living in a place of of course we are parents and we're going to you know speak to them you know to set them up to to act appropriately but at some point we just need to let go well
1: and i think i do more harm if i start to say to our teenagers i don't trust you or where are you going? And or that's not I what over you're react. saying
0: directly. I don't trust you. But that's what the attitude that's, and that's what the questioning, that's what the suspicion is all conveying.
1: Oh, yeah. They feel like my mom and my dad don't really trust me. And I think it's better to err on you're such a good kid. <laughs> you make really great decisions in life. I'm so proud of you. I want you to have a great night. And I know God's hand is with you and, and on you. And then, you know, just give them a few statistics about drunk driving and drugs. And
0: just I just like show them the video that it's like the fires of hell, right? And, and that deepest hole in earth and have the voices from hell coming up out of it. Right? No, but then I speak that message to you when it comes to, for instance, the gap that you experience like that sense of being out of control yes regarding homeschooling i
1: really like the word control because we were talking initially you said trust but i think in marriage tom it's more of a control it, and i guess you can interchange those words depending on the degree to um human effort or control or exertion that I put upon you to like we got to do this or we have to figure this out or what am I going to do with blah blah but blah you always
0: do it with a smile and a positive I smile attitude.
1: happy over dreams <laughs> and you laugh about <laughs> so, it and let's go on the dance floor and do a little <laughs> dance because I'm just so free-flowing right now and feel great um but no it's it, it's a we're, we're in a place that's very Um, tenuous and fragile in one respect because it's so much going on. I thought you were
0: going to say we're on the front lines of battle. I mean, not battling each other, but just there's so many fronts, so many things (sighs) coming at us and so many things, so many, we got to take the ground. I don't
1: feel like these are the battles. I feel like the battles were in Seattle. I feel like those were some battles. I feel like here we're just we're just get doing the work the labor of of laying the foundation to homeschool or church you know picking the faith um church that we're going to be going to what catholic community we're going to join um trying to get connected with different groups i don't feel like i'm in a battle anymore i feel like i'm just trying to get set up for whatever god has for us and just in the midst of that i'm feeling just like overwhelmed and working and that's why god's just laughing going this is nothing compared hey, let me to give you a puppy <laughs> <laughs> give you a puppy <laughs> Alaska. Oh goodness. Alaska. But she didn't they didn't. Um and so I think um the control thing, that is where I just really felt convicted with just, you know what, Carrie? If you don't get the dentist appointments made this week, if I can't find the doctors I need, if I can't change over all the addresses, if we don't know what to do with the, you know, get in a car for the snow, whatever it happens to be, it's like these are okay these are not going to break you these are not go- these are not life threatening issues if you want to really put your life in perspective i got like a few stories to share with you about what's really going on in some of the homes and people's lives and so just to remember that and tom i feel like i've lost my rhythm of morning prayer going to mass with you you've been going to mass without me and i think in all the midst of all that it makes my foundation very shaky because i forget what the first things are that are so important especially in this in this season but anyhow it's just been a struggle i'll get there i'll find it god's gonna has <laughs> he sees this he knows my tomorrow he knows my next year he knows my forever so just to entrust it to him. Say, Lord, with goodness and kindness, I serve you and love you. And
0: So, you know, when I pray on, the, uh, on Facebook, I pray the rosary and I'm praying for people. One of the scriptures I lead with most often is the father whose son is uh, possessed by a demon who says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That's just so powerful. And I'll leave that one with you here, folks. Hey, Carrie, one thing I didn't uh, mention to you. Uh, it's so striking. I, um, in the last couple of weeks, i talked to Father John Ricardo. Um, who's doing this new Acts 29 initiative where he's really trying to help awaken priests to help them pastor parishes in more evangelistic ways. And then talking with Chris Stefanik, um, And after the interview, we're just chatting a bit. He says, Tom, how's it going? What's going on in ministry and all this? And I said, well, we moved. And I told him, uh, not only, you know, here's why we move. And he says like, makes so much sense. I get it. And then I said to him, God's doing something here. There's a movement going on. And it's so funny. I, I, I don't know if I've said this on the air before, but I'm telling you, I'm hearing about, like I heard today about another three families a couple days ago, another three families moving to Spokane.
1: How do you hear about three families, if they're coming together or just three different people? I was
0: talking with a fellow who works uh, in the mortgage industry, and he said, I've got three families right now I'm meeting with who are selling their homes, and they're looking to buy homes in the Spokane Coeur d'Alene Corridor. And I said, why? Because they're Catholic and because of their faith, and they're looking to get rooted over here. It is happening. It's happening. I mean, it's like... It's, there's something, there's some, I, I don't think it's, it's the twofold thing. They're realizing they need to leave a certain place and they realize they need to go a certain place in, in order for their family to be at a certain place. There you go. And so I mentioned that to Chris and he's like, he had to run, he had to go like shoot some video or whatever. He, he's said, saying he had to shoot some basketball. Yeah. Yeah. He had to go, he had a pickup <laughs> game going on. He just, you know, kind of stepped <laughs> off to do the interview and he said, Tom, I want to, I want to talk to you some more about this. And so he's going to call me and we're going to, you know, chat some more about this thing. But it was uh, it was so striking to him. Well, he
1: does travel a lot throughout the country. Travels all over the country. He would know what's going on in the different pockets. Because there's some very isolated, you know, dynamics going on in the different states or dioceses that are, I don't know. I just know our little place. Right.
0: So kind of what he does in some ways is, I'm going to use, I'm going to use like um an analogy would be like a Billy Graham crusade, right? Where you have a whole bunch of churches working for a long time to fill up a stadium, to get a whole bunch of people to come. And then there's just kind of this wow moment. And um, it, it, he, I think even Billy Graham talked about his crusades as like um, giving dirty people um, a shower. Cause now they get washed off. But now they have to be taken care of. And so now they go off back into their churches. And so he does this sort of for for parishes. Does he He'll come,
1: come by himself, Tom, or is he yeah. with the team? He comes in.
0: He has like a a guy, a guy that does some music with him. Oh, okay. But it's mostly um, the the message that he speaks, which is the core of the gospel, but does it in a way that, again, is as a— As a radiant witness, as a convincing witness, and then it it just—he has a style and and a tone that is able to like draw people back. And a message that he said you heard during the interview is that it's oftentimes pastors who are like, "Yeah, these folks aren't coming. These folks aren't really coming typically to mass." And so now they're so he's he's being used to try to draw people back, but then he leaves, and now it's up to them to carry forward with um, what it is they're doing so on october 23rd at saint michael's in olympia go uh go in and go see chris and, and and you know immerse yourself in that experience but then take what what happened to you and bring it back so we've had some things like that happen around here in just smaller ways like i can't tell you the way in which i am touched by uh, like the Lord is just really taking care of us by connecting us to families who are helping bridge the gap to get our kids to do church stuff. And and I'm just like, I'm really like moved by that because I'm like, how are how are we gonna get our kids to want to go just as a for instance, one thing, to go to this Latin mass? Well, what happened tonight at a dinner, right? Uh at dinner, it was like, yeah. Our friend said, why don't we go to that Latin Mass and then afterwards go do something? And I'm like... I think there's a sleepover
1: involved in that whole exchange
0: They didn't tell me anything about (laughs) that.
1: No, but there is. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It's been incredibly graceful. The first two weeks, there's a lot of tears and, and hurt, and there still is some remorse for sure. But the way in which our kids are just opening up to faith and to... The peer group that they're surrounded by, being in two co-ops, we're in the Spokane co-op and the Coeur d'Alene co-op, co-op has just amazingly shocked me with just the receptivity they have to faith and to even the Latin Mass. <laughs> I'm like, really you want to go to Latin Mass? It's great. Um, Going to youth group or going to outings with just kids that you know don't swear or don't just do things that are like you take for granted, I guess and. I mean, and I say don't swear. That just encompasses a whole culture that's in the taking fam- the Lord's name in vain. That's right in the in the homes, um, and it's just been like, wow, Lord, you are doing something. You are actually setting our kids. For, you are actually moving. And these are the important things, even though the academics aren't like rigorous. Because <laughs> so I was like, oh, I don't know how rigorous this homeschooling is going to be for our high school kids, um, but it can be. It's just it's hard to get there because. it depends on mom (laughs) honey you gotta trust (laughs) and dad i know just let go but what we're trading in is faith and so i i feel like there's i'm counting the cost and that is priceless
0: well yeah and you talk about trading um our daughter luciana brought her little friend uh, a sweatshirt so they could twin and then she said oh let me give you a gift so what did she give her a scapular a scapular a brown scapular luciana's
1: Lucian like what is this she gave me a brown piece of cloth but what do i do with it i was like oh goodness <laughs>
0: why don't you go back over the to The house just got exposed just got exposed <laughs> let them tell you what it is <laughs> well and that's so funny and it's like wow yeah so you have around here kids That are aware of the scapular, and a lot are are wearing them. A lot wear the scapular, and all of a sudden, you know, they wear a veil on Sunday or a hat, or and they, you know, so these are things that are washing over the kids, and it's like um, I, I share that with you because this is what we're experiencing with our kids when we expose our kids to other kids, but married couples. This is what you can experience when you hang out with other married couples like this. Single people, this is what you're gonna experience when you hang out with other single people like this. Grandparents, this is what you're gonna experience when you hang out with other grandparents like this. Faithful Catholics at your own parishes or in your own Catholic schools, wherever you are, you need to keep your eyes open, look around, discern, and then engage in intentional relationships with other Catholics who will help you have that environment, atmosphere, uh, the ideals of faith all around you. So it's not just about, oh, you got to move to Spokane. No, you've got to move in your own world, in your own world, wherever you are. You have to move away from things that will be toxic for you and move towards things that will be life-giving for you.
1: I just feel like it's so much easier now that I don't have to compete with all the old friends, all the old Um, connections that our kids had and it was just even though it was painful it's just a fresh start and it's nice kids and it's faith filled families and it's like wow God you're good and I've just been so blessed by so many families that have been incredibly generous inviting us over for dinner like you said Tom inviting our kids out to go hang out to go to the movies or um, go out to eat or go for a drive or go on a hike and just really encompassing Those families that are moving here and just trying to make it as easy and as, as,
0: I don't, kind to us. So, one of the things I think is also a blessing here is something that I want to encourage listeners to. If you heard my interview with Father Ed White earlier in the week talking about, the ways that so many priests are just run dry, just run down and exhausted and, and, you know, sort of like on the front line of battle and even a bit traumatized, right? The way that we laity can provide them with what Father Ed said was provide them with a cooked meal, with some real food, and even some easy fellowship, Right, Easy fellowship where they're not going to be critiqued and attacked and burdened, but they're going to see like faith-filled families, welcome them as father, right? As father, you're our spiritual father. We welcome you here and, and we enjoy your priestly presence. And you can just flourish as a priest in the midst of these young people, these families. I see that happening here right? I see that happening here. And, and I'm more aware of it now because of what Father Ed shared on definitely. Wednesday.
1: Yes, definitely. That would really inspire one to say, how can I help that priest? Instead of critiquing him and, and complaining and saying how he's falling
0: short, just like, oh, wow, this is my fellow brother in Christ. Give him a place to go to to watch the football game or to hang out, right? Just to be able to just let him know that, Father, you know, I'm happy you're a priest. I hope that you're happy as a priest, right? And that you will enjoy your priesthood and being a priest in our midst. And it doesn't have to be intense. It doesn't have to be, you know, all of that. So, well, Carrie, we reach reached the end of our program. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. See the, see the <laughs> energy it, and that the Lord asleep. provided? I'm so tired. <laughs> so, hey, thanks so much for listening. God bless your day. God bless your weekend. Please say a prayer for us as we pray for you.